to the right place. This week, my case is called The Stalker. The Stalker. From the title, it's promising. Promising? I like it. You're not going to like it. Well, I like the fact that I'm not going to like it. Okay. What do you have for us today? A very famous case. I named it Como La Flor. I'm dreaming of you tonight till tomorrow. I'll be holding you tight and there's nowhere in the world I'd rather be than here in my room dreaming about you and me. Ah, my goodness. This is how we make it to fun. Oh, idiot. Mira. Yeah, things aren't good. <laughs> just, Neither over here. We're accidentally twinning today. We are, we are. Tis Even the if season we, if of flannel. If we tried to plan it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't come out like this. Yeah, you know, your nails look good. You took off the color and it's like plain and it looks really good. Chanel, but look, they're very thin. But it looks good. They like do look just good. Like just the nail alone? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it looks good, looks good. Yeah. We're, it is the season of the flannels. And so we're both wearing our red flannel. Flannels are here. Yes, it is flannel season. Are we they really are mean into here. it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if there are two types of winter ladies, you, you the ones who wear flannel and the ones who don't. Okay, the ones who don't are fabulous. They have on their heels boots all the time. They've got on the mini skirts, even if it's yes. minus twenty. They're wearing the cute pea coats. No puffer coats inside because that doesn't go with the outfit. It does not. <laughs> it does not go with the outfit. They have the pr- perfect way. The perfect like curly after, hair. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. After when her hat, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wave. They wear the hat, but the hat is. Is, you know, once they take it off their hair, it looks even more amazing. Yes, 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 yes. You yes, know, they're yes. out there holding their little Starbucks drink with their perfectly manicured nails. We're not judging you. Eh? We're saying we're not you. That's what we're trying we're to say. We're saying we're plano people. <laughs> the plano people. We, you know, we're just but more. I love, but I, you can style the flannel. I just want you to know that even though we're flannel people, every now and then we can pull our shit together and look good. Right? Like, look like fancy. Every now and then we can do when it. When was the last time you looked fancy? I had that um, company groundbreaking ceremony. You did? Oh, that was a fancy day. And I put on my makeup and I went. But you know what I find? That since it's been a long time since I've done fanciness. Yeah. Like my makeup doesn't match anymore. Like I I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's from being inside for the last three years. But my skin tone is just not in there. Yeah. No, no, no. It did change. It did, right? I am crazy. You know, I just, I have to go get matched. But when you go to Sephora. Or because Canada. of the pandemic, you well because of the pandemic, yeah, they're not you matching test, you. Yeah. So they're like, no, take it and bring it back in thirty days. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Fancies has been hard for me these days because I don't have anything to use I, to be fancy. I'm. I dived in to to comfort clothing. Absolutely, didn't we all? Listen, but this is like shameless comfort. Like I wear sneakers mm-hmm. and work clothes. And oh yeah, <laughs> like I, I, which I, is fine. No, and it looks good. No, Sorry, it's like, very, I'm it. it's very boomers. You know, baby boomers, nineteen eighties. They oh, yeah. all used to be wearing their power suits Jesus and sneakers. Christ. Oh that yeah, was them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because they started with the com- uh, the Converse. Yeah, yes. they used to wear like their, yeah. um, their, their their jackets that had like the 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 shoulder pads mm, mm-hmm. and their dresses. Oh. But they have Didn't sneakers. Wear that? Didn't you wear that? Ah, I, when say I was it, younger, I did have of course, things with shoulder of course. pads. Somebody <laughs> will t- Listen, on... Uh, I hate when, shoulder pads. When you go... What's what's considered high school? The last two years? 
of okay. of high school or it's the five years to six years into it's Trinidad has five years or six years for secondary school yes. we've got either five or seven so if you're gonna go on to university and okay. you're gonna do a levels in your last two years which is typically between the ages of 16 to 18 I would say this mm-hmm. is the average mm-hmm. here's the whole thing mm-hmm. in, in Venezuela so you go sixth grade seventh eight nine so sixth grade finished like the primary school. Seventh, eighth, and ninth, you have a blue shirt. Was that on mean? your uniform? Okay. That identified you within those three years. That you're of that's high middle school. school. Yeah, whatever. Kind of. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. okay. Then you graduate. Mid that middle stage. Yes. Okay. And then you go to a beige situation. Beige shirt. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Regardless of the school yes. that identified you to be in the last two so years. So whether this, the color of, of the skirt is green, purple, orange, no, 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 you wore a blue beige. shirt or a beige uh-huh. shirt, depending upon the level you were Yes. Are. Okay. Yes. So in my school, the people that graduated from middle school, they had a like a graduation. When you said that people used to lean and boomers used to lean into their fanciness you're not joking and they dress their kids their the way they know With and understand so now i'm going <laughs> to share a picture with all of you yeah. of my that graduation i had stockings yeah i have uh, i had a skirt and it was like that velvet velvet yeah i had a velvet <laughs> dress and the and the um it gold, like a, no, the no, gold no. button my oh own my had God. my own was an off the shoulderish kind of uh, dress uh-huh. with a sweetheart kind of front. Mm. It was velvet or suede, oh, one of those uh-huh. kind of soft. Mm. And anytime I wore it, I had to wear stockings <laughs> and <laughs> shoes, what we call tock tock shoes mm. in Trinidad, because they make, make that song. Well. That was my whole outfit. I look like I am 70 years old <laughs> graduating from middle school. I'm going to share a picture because there is a shame picture yeah, over there. Like, but you can say, yeah, like I, I do, look older I than what I look now. So when I'm telling you, <laughs> we dived into the comfort. We stay away from heels. Oh, okay, okay. Like I have put away heels. We did full 80s, 90s glam, but with heels. In Trinidad, so there was no sneaker wearing. Like, you're going to wear a nice dress. Mm, mm-hmm. And even if I told them with my whole chest, this is not a nice dress, <laughs> nobody was listening no, to no. me. It had this one you're thing. You're not supposed to have an opinion. It had this one thing. Mom, my mother used to love to dress me in for church, right? And I hated it. Anytime I used to see that out, I used to get mad. <laughs> it was this, you know, the long... Overall. Yeah, no, but you know, like, it, it's not a romper, but like a long romper. What do we what do we call those? It's uh-huh. a pants, but con- continues into the top so it is like a overall uh-huh. but it's like you know how people wear rompers which are short uh-huh. this is long okay <laughs> so it's a fancy romper whatever they call them yeah but they're famous in season whatever what like no them. but this one was a ugly poop green floral right with lace applique on the <laughs> shoulders and shoulder pads so the shoulder pads mm-hmm. were inside. Mm. So it wasn't enough that it had this lace applique mm. on the shoulder. Mm. It had this ugly color. Mm. And it had pad. shoulder pads. Of course. And I couldn't and I'm pretty just sure you have like seven pictures of with that. And I had to wear it of with course. heels. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that outfit. I really did. It was very, very traumatic. Anyway. Something that Suzanne Damn. and I were just... Hold on. The neighbors are in the hallway having an argument. I, I Susanna see. is 
about to find out what's going on. Stay tuned. <laughs> These bitches know about their boys. Because they know we might go in. But we need to know. If you're going to be that loud, let the world know what the fuck. Like, end it. You started something and something. I'm sorry you didn't get the story that you yeah, were looking for. Hold on. Are they making them longer? <laughs> I don't how <laughs> oh, dare somebody have an emergency in the middle of our Anyway, just to brief everybody and the newest, latest news before we get into our story, I now have a license. Yeah! I did. Oh, yeah. I did. I told them I was going for my driving test. Yeah, Miss the waffle is so fresh. Yes, I was good. I'm good to go. I am now an approved driver on these streets of Canada. I don't know why I put it off for so long, and it honestly took two trainees coming here and getting their license in like a week for me to be like, what have you been doing? And I was this close to renewing but my not, G1, but you which is like are your learning experiment. on a place where you need to move on a car. Yeah, Especially you don't need a car. the pandemic. What would you do with a exactly. car during the pandemic? No, no, no. But that, to be fair, specifically, I wanted to get the license even prior to my, my G1 expiration coming up. Because you know how I talked about if I wanted to take a Rent road a trip, car, yeah. I could just go. Just go. Like in the pandemic, that's the thing that I hated the most. Like there was, you were trapped in the city, you were trapped inside. And if you wanted to go outside... You know I, what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could have rented a car. I could have gone way out to the city where there's you fresh could have air gone and no anywhere. people. Anywhere. With you, every I know. Su- Shut up. I knew it. <laughs> Susanna is talking shit because she did I'm a million things no every shit. weekend and invited me along. Did I go? No, I did not go. Yeah. What no, I have we liked. went to the cottage. We I got COVID. Go the we got COVID. COVID. We got COVID. Man. Okay. <laughs> what? You spend the whole you summer. You want to leave on the crack of dawn on because a Saturday. And I go to the gym on a Saturday morning. Bitch. Listen to me. I have I force people out of bed, but I never shame anybody that wants to sleep in my car. When have I ever shamed anybody you to shame Ryan for sleeping in your car all the time? Ah! Ah, you do. Until the other day, you were begging me up because you were like, and Chanel did not sleep. Chanel was not sleeping in the car. Don't you remember? Yeah, but you put music. Ryan, he either sleep or put my music down. Fuck you. Okay. Point is, the point is, people out there, Susanna isn't wrong. She did invite me plenty wrong. places. Uh, I did not go. I just would like to be more independent in general. That's it. That was the whole point of my independence statement. Independence is welcome, yes. but that doesn't mean you didn't have choice. I never said I didn't have opportunity. I said I lacked independence. Okay. Okay. Well, you can take my car. It's you can take my car. You can take the kids. You can take the husband. I shan't do that. <laughs> I will not do that. Okay. But anyway, now just the whole go. point is, that I now have a license. Good birthday gift. What's that? You know, just take them away and go where? I talk to them whole day. I know, but I. All right, let's get into it, Suzanne. I'm sorry to report, I shan't s- be watching your children. That's a lot of responsibility. I don't want. But I will drive you places in your car <laughs> if you want. So I can enjoy the, the fresh waffles. You can waffle. enjoy the ambiance and all the fresh waffles you want. In other people's business, there was this ah. girl, I want to make sure I say her name properly, Hudan Hashi. Mm-hmm. She went out with some friends. Um, I think she's of Somali ethnicity. She's from Ottawa, but she went to Saskatchewan and she was hanging out with some friends. Okay. And she goes to this, like, line, like a party. And uh, without provocation, 
this white girl stabbed her, like stabbed her to death. She and the girl, she was not into anything with the girl. She and the girl, the girl started getting into like a verbal thing with her. She wasn't trying to mess with the girl. Apparently there's tons of videos out there about it. The two of them started fighting because the girl initiated it. Took her to the ground, fighting her. And a piece of glass broke, like a a glass fell off of a table and it broke. The girl grabbed the glass and stabbed her. The girl who then got up, apparently from the video, which I did not go look for, she wiped at her neck, probably because there was blood and not mentally realizing that she had been stabbed. And she tried to walk away, like get away from the girl. Mm. And she collapsed and she died. What I heard from somebody's account of the situation is that people cleared apart for the white girl to go um, attack this girl. Because the guy who was DJing made an announcement like, oh, looks like we have a bitch fight or looks like we have a girl fight or something like that. Instead of people breaking them apart Mm -hmm. and keeping the other girl away from her. And the most upsetting part about it is that she didn't get charged with uh, anything but manslaughter. Where manslaughter doesn't have a minimum sentence. But they have no rationale for why they they reduced her charge to manslaughter. They basically in the crowd just kind of watched her get killed. Nobody helped her or anything like that. And um, yeah, that's the thing. Like I always, you know, like you know already that I struggle with the when do I intervene yeah but wouldn't you had rather intervene and know in your in your gut that you tried than but you the just were just a, on the like, side the setting was like a club yeah but she went with not? friends why wouldn't her friends jump in to me the motherfucking DJ and the people the security mm-hmm. and everybody like her friends can be freaking idiots as the other mm-hmm. people like you can be a bunch of irresponsible people but they're Beyond that, the people responsible for the uh, place, the venue, mm-hmm. the venue, yeah, mm-hmm. DJ and all the way up or all the way down, you name it, it's there, should be questioned. Yeah, I mean, this is what you normally do when somebody because they I, claim I get that, that by the time the security reached, she had already been stabbed by the girl. By the time the DJ called out the, the fight, fight, they should have been there. Security should have been there. No, but it was entertainment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So crazy. You can't even just go out and enjoy yourself. Just have some dumbasses who are going to try to ruin it for you. And then you see the paranoid mothers like me. Let her be. Enjoy yourself. Let them enjoy. They have to live a life. But they do. People have to. It's just You just don't know where fucking crazy people are coming from. Which brings me to our next thing. This morning, I did my boxing class, and I did it with this lady who kicked my ass. And when I say she kicked my ass, I left that boxing class feeling like I had been beat. Like, she, she never made contact with my face or my body, because we, we spar with, like, boxing pads. Your body's very engaged. But, yes, it's mm-hmm. so mental, but also she hits so hard, <laughs> only to find out that this woman does Krav Maga, and she's, like, really high up in whatever Krav maga she's doing. And she's hoping to start offering Krav Maga classes. So I told Susanna so that she and her daughter could come and roll with me, and we could take this woman-led Krav Maga because this girl is smaller than me so fucking scrappy and incredibly strong like <laughs> like a deceptively strong like, I would never I told her I would never want to get caught in like a dark alley with her or something like, she just <laughs> I'm telling you she hits and your whole body like moves back 
It's insane. It's amazing. Very strong. Because, again, we have to go out of our way to correct the misbehavior of this cunt. Just the unexpected behavior. And no, it's not just men. Because look, look at this girl, Paige, who just pop off and stab mm-hmm. up this girl. Like maybe... A cunt is a cunt. Yeah, that's true. We have said that before. There a is not... Is a a, a, well, this is not distinguishable. There's no gender in cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cunt is a gender. That's true. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get into it. The stalker. You're not going to like it. I'm very excited. Why? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. This is like this seems uh, my kind of drama. I don't know why. It's, it's not, so promising. It's not your kind of drama, oh, and it's I... also not my bag either. Like you'll see. The fuck you'll see. Know. You'll see. <laughs> anyway, the story. I I said it originally that the story wasn't a long one, but mm. it's disturbing and interesting. But afterwards, I was able to gather a bit more information, so it might be a little longer than I had anticipated. Okay. Anyway, it was May twenty eighth, nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even born yet. You were. Me neither. You weren't? You were no, going to be born 82. that year. Yeah. 82, my ass. Bitch! Do <laughs> 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 the numbers! <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> it was May 28th, 1980. And three co workers, mm-hmm. Conrad Bostron, Pam Head, and Dorothy Jane Scott were headed to the emergency room at UC Irvine Medical Center during a late employee meeting at the Swinger's Psych Shop where she worked as a back-end secretary. I made a note here saying I have no idea what that means and I have no idea what product they offer there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But she was working as a back-end secretary. Back-end. That's right. And a swinger. At Swinger's Psych Shop. Mm. That is either a sewing machine or a mental health place. And somehow also a shop. I thought more like a sexy thing. No. It's a psych that threw me off. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was while they were having this meeting. That's late. It's like 9 o'clock in the night. Huh, that they're hmm. there. Right? Okay, for work. At work. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. 32-year-old Dorothy noticed something weird about Conrad. He was sporting a red mark on his arm. And he had complained of being in severe pain with the mark on the arm. Okay. As a single mom of a four-year-old son named Sean, Dorothy wasn't going to take any chances. So out of an abundance of caution, she offered to take Conrad with Pam in tow to the hospital. Mm. This is why the three of them are headed to the hospital. Now, on the way to the hospital, I read this somewhere, that on the way to the hospital, mm-hmm. as the good mother she was, Dorothy stopped by her parents to check on her son, Sean, before continuing on to the mm-hmm. hospital. I guess even though he was in severe pain, he wasn't like passing out. So she felt like, okay, I'm just going to stop here quick. Let me just mom check on my guilt. son and we let me go. About this. Yes, yes, the mom guilt. Mm-hmm. She stopped, she checked on like let's go on let's to the go. hospital. I'm letting you know I'm yes, going there. That's right. <laughs> it was a damn good thing that they went to the hospital that night because it turned out that Conrad had been bitten by a black widow spider. Oh my. Hmm. So from good old Dr. Google, I learned that black widow spider bites are intense because they release a venom that affects this nervous system and in some cases can cause a severe response, including but not limited to pain, swelling, nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain and difficulty breathing. It was really bad. Why Conrad was even at work was a mystery to me. (laughs) Uh, No, I wasn't going to go. I don't think he had been at, at work. Oh. I think he got bitten at home and then reported to work and for maybe they do an evening shift at the maybe place. Maybe they don't have more sick days. Possibly, possibly, but I wasn't going. Honestly, I wasn't going to go because okay. it was described as severe pain. Okay. Anyway, back to that night, back mm-hmm. to that night. I don't know what they treated him with 
according to the internet, I read um, that when you have a severe response to the black widow spider bite, they might give you anti-venting because that neutralizes the venom. Mm-hmm. I think anti-venting also comes from what is used on horses. I saw something about horses. Anyway, okay. either way or regardless, Conrad was treated. And two hours later at 11 p.m., he started to come around. So they discharged him and gave him a prescription, probably for pain. Mm-hmm. You go home, manage this at home. Mm-hmm. To me, that seemed a bit premature because if I got been by a black widow spider, I was not going anywhere. Like, oh, this is it. This is how I'm going down. Mm. You need to treat me. But that's me. But the, I, I'll be like, you better treat me, bitch, because this is not how I'm going down. Yes, you always talk about this is not what's going to this take is not me. Gonna be <laughs> right? Susanna says that all the time. Anyway, being good co-worker friends, mm-hmm. I would say that at mm-hmm. this point, Pam hung back to help him with his discharge paperwork and get his prescription. Pam is the mom. No. Pam, Pam is the other one. Pam is the, the other co-worker. And Dorothy, Dorothy is the mom. mom. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. Anyway, so Pam hung back to help him get his prescription, yeah. get yeah. his discharge yeah, done because, you know, he, he was in pain. He probably still a little weak. Maybe yeah. he needed a little wheelchair, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. That's true. It's also mad. And Dorothy went out to the parking lot to get the car so she could bring it so closer. Didn't have to walk so, so Conrad had yes. to walk far. These two bitches are good friends. Very good co-worker yes. friends. In general, Dorothy was just being considerate, in mm. my opinion. They all were being considerate because yeah. they didn't have to take Conrad nowhere. No. Conrad could have stayed there with he pain. Right? Anyway, <laughs> problem was that after a few minutes, Dorothy still hadn't returned. Curious to see what she'd been up to, Pam and Conrad went to the exit by the emergency park, like because it's right off the parking mm-hmm, lot, mm-hmm. to Mako. And they see her car come in, you know, mm. like it's coming towards them. Yeah. But it coming at a speed. And they're like, huh? Oh. Right? So they're waving at her like, hey, Dorothy. We're here. But the, the headlight's so bright, they can't really make out Dorothy if it's in Dorothy, uh-huh. the car. Oh, my. So they saw the headlights of Dorothy's 1973 white station. Move, bitches! Could you listen? <laughs> <laughs> they saw the headlights of Dorothy's mm-hmm. 1973 white station wagon ahead. It's straight waving. for them. Uh-huh. But because, like I said, of the bright lights, I couldn't see what was going uh-huh. on by behind the wheel. But at the last second... Before hitting them, the car turned, turned right, and peel out of the parking lot. She gone. So, Conrad now and Pam, like, oh shit, maybe something happened to Sean, the son. Because Mom. why would she just get up and, and But it and was go? her. Like, they know already. But it's her car. No, it's her uh, car. Ha, 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 the car. They the car, don't know it's her. Because the headlights are in their face. Yeah. So, because the headlights are there, they yeah. can't really make out who's in driver's seat. But they, but they knew they it was know. the car. It's her ha, car. Ha, ha, exactly. Because they go down That's there. That's confirmed. Like, yes. It's her. Some, some twist. No, ha, it's her car. Okay, what happened to... So Mom. they're like, is it, did she rush home? Did something mm. happen to Sean? Mm-hmm. Did she go for gas? Pam and Cara didn't know for sure, so they decided they would wait, wait for her to come back. Mm. Two hours later, they were still waiting. Where the hell was Dorothy? After a few more hours of not hearing from Dorothy, because Dorothy's a big woman, they confirmed, I assume, because I didn't say that in the articles, that she didn't go home. They probably contacted her parents, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, Dorothy can appeal out of here real fast. Something happened to Sean, something going on What's at happening? home. Uh-huh. They didn't see her either. Pam and Conrad decided to report Dorothy as missing to the authorities. Mm-hmm. And the authorities immediately launched a search. Around 4.30 a.m. in the early hours of May 29th, so the very next morning, mm-hmm. Dorothy's car was found burning in an alley 
only 10 miles, they say this is 16 kilometers, I don't know, I didn't do the maths, from the hospital. There was no sign of Dorothy or anyone else in or around the vehicle. This immediately looked like a kidnapping to authorities. Mm -hmm. And if you're surprised by how swift the police response was, don't be, because it seems that the theory of a kidnapping was just deductive reasoning, given what was going on in Dorothy's life. From a brief investigation into Dorothy's background, a history of harassment emerged. Turns out, in the lead-up to her disappearance, the young, devout Christian single mother had been receiving calls from a mystery person. The caller would say things like, quote, When I get you alone, I will cut you up into bits so I no do. one would ever find you. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. this is real. That's very specific. It's very specific. <laughs> she got calls like this daily. And mm. the person seemed to know where she was and what she was doing mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Dorothy was so bothered by this that she didn't just brush it aside. She took it to the police. And to their credit, they installed an early voice recorder at her house. I actually mm-hmm. went and Googled these early voice recorders. They're like a big box. Like a boom box. And like you have to press the button. And it have like wheels turning. You know, like a, like a big cassette tape mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're too young to know what I was going to say, I don't know if you should be listening to this. <laughs> anyway, after reflecting on the calls that she was getting, Dorothy did say that the voice sounded familiar, but she couldn't quite place it. Her ex, a.k.a. Sean's father, the son father, mm-hmm. was not an immediate suspect or on the suspect list at all because he didn't live locally. And in one instance, the caller told Dorothy to look outside because he left her a gift. Oh, shit. And then when she looked on the hood of her car was a single dead rose. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The fuck is that? I know. Because it's weird. We all know that when I laugh because I'm nervous. I know. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. So during every call, the main takeaway from the caller was that he wanted her to know she was being watched. She was always being watched. Jesus. Doesn't matter where she went. Always. At the time, in the 1980s, stalking was not taken as a serious crime like it is today. And because of this, Dorothy didn't want to get taken by surprise. Mm. So after receiving the morbid gift, which was the flower, on her car, mm-hmm. she took up self-defense, which we were just talking about. Yeah. And even considered, getting, ass. Well, she even considered getting a gun, but mm. decided not to follow through with it because she didn't want Sean to get his hands mm-hmm. on it. Sean, mm-hmm. Sean is only four. Where would she put the gun? Like, she just didn't want to deal with it. But now Dorothy smart, was missing. Mm-hmm. She was missing. And the car is burning. And despite the recordings, the police had no leads. Jeez. So her car is found burning. She is gone. She's been getting threatening calls. She got the dead flower and left on her thing. They still can say they who They still the don't know who it is. Because uh-huh. she have to say if she knows who it could uh-huh. be. Could be anybody. Her parents, Jacob and Vera, were advised not to talk to the media. Mm. When I thought about this, I was like, why the hell do that? But likely because they didn't want the kidnapper to know what they, the police had in terms of evidence. They don't want the kidnapper to know how much of a lead they have on him, no. so he doesn't do something rash, kill her, something like that. A week after her disappearance, there was still no sign of Dorothy. No ransom request and no word from the kidnapper. That is until Vera received a chilling call. Are you related to Dorothy Scott? The menacing voice asks. Mm-hmm. Yes, Vera replied. I've got her. The mm-hmm. voice confirmed and then swiftly hung up. Mm-hmm. That's all he said. Dorothy's dad, Jacob, was fed up with the shit. 
clearly keeping things from the media wasn't helping. Somebody needed to do something. Searches weren't leading to mm. any clues and they just wanted their daughter back. He decided he was going to take his daughter's case to the Santa Ana Register. Um, which is a newspaper. I read somewhere else it was the Orange County Register. No, two sites said Orange County, three sites said Santa Ana. I'm going with Paper. Santa. Mm-hmm. The Register. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Register ran a story about Dorothy almost immediately. Mm-hmm. The same day that the story came out from the Register, kidnapper or somebody pretending to be the kidnapper called the editor, Pat Riley, mm-hmm. and said simply, quote, I killed her. <gasps> I killed Dorothy. She was my love, and I caught her cheating with another man. Oh, shit. What made this call special and led Pat, Dorothy's parents, and the authorities to believe it really was authentic, like it really was the kidnapper Mm -hmm. calling, was the fact that the caller went on to give some details that were really specific to the case that the police did not share at the time that she disappeared. Because remember, the police told them, don't go to the media. Yeah. And also, the kind of information the person knew was only information they would know if they were the kidnapper. Uh Specifically, when the trio, which is... Pam, Conrad, and And Dorothy uh stopped off by Dorothy's parents' house to check on Sean. She switched her scarf to a warmer red one. Mm. And the caller, the first kidnapper caller, was able to tell them that she had a red scarf. Because he went on to say that. Mm -hmm. The caller also knew the reason she went to the hospital that night. Mm. For Conrad. So unless the caller was actually one of her parents or her co-workers from that evening, this must have been the stalker kidnapper mm-hmm. if we're pretending these are separate people. In fact, the kidnapper claimed that the reason he knew about the hospital trip was because Dorothy herself called him. But according to the friend Pam, well, actually not even according to the friend Pam, according to anybody you asked, Dorothy wasn't seeing anybody. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, Pam herself said that the only time Dorothy was away from her side physically was when she car. went to the bathroom mm-hmm. and when she went to get the car. And back then, there were not cell phones. Exactly. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to go text Exactly. Ha, 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 ha. Exactly. It's not like she Just went to the bathroom. Yes. She didn't go to the bathroom uh-huh. and make a quick call. Yeah, no, no, no. She didn't go outside and make a quick no, call. No, 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 you know? No, 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 this no, is no, why no, they're no, saying no, this, uh-huh. right? In response to the call that Pat Riley, the editor from the register, received, mm-hmm. Jacob, her father, that's a reminder, was quoted as saying, quote, I don't know what the guy wants. If he really ever had any love or compassion for her, it seems the decent thing to do to give her body to us so she can have a Christian burial. That's what the dad said. Mm -hmm. In response, that's what he was quoted as saying in the news. Even though there was talk of a Christian burial and no sign of Dorothy, her family and friends never gave up and hoped she would be found or returned. Vera received calls from the kidnapper taunting her, asking, quote, Is Dorothy home? Jesus Christ. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. When he wasn't taunting them with that kind of call, Mm -hmm. he would just call and say that he still had her and her. Right? So he's either calling and asking for Mm -hmm. or calling and saying that he still had her. No confirmation about if this is the same person every time. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's different people, Mm -hmm. just wicked people Mm -hmm. who just want to, you know, entertain themselves. Motherfuckers. Like I said, the cunt. Even though the Scots phone was tapped, the caller never stayed on long enough for his for call to, to be traced. Uh-huh. As much as it could have been during this time, because it's still the 80s, just yeah. a reminder, right? Yeah. This went on every Wednesday for four years until oh, the calls abruptly stopped. In April 1984, 
when Jacob intercepted the call instead of Vera. So it seems like the person enjoyed taunting Vera, the mother, but when he got on the phone with the father, like he couldn't handle it. And after that, the calls stopped. Okay. Now, I don't know what was said between Jacob and the person who was calling on the Wednesday. Okay. But I get the impression from this that maybe he just didn't want to fuck with Jacob. And so after that, the call stopped. Every Wednesday for four years, well, three and something years, this woman got this call asking if Dorothy was home or telling her I have Dorothy. The torture the family endured wondering whether or not Dorothy was actually alive was finally put to rest in August 1984. So remember, the call stopped in April, August August? 1984. Mm -hmm. When the question of what happened to Dorothy was answered, when a construction worker by the name of Jesse Loza found the remains of a dead dog. You're going to tell me all this time you were talking about the dog? No, but the dog didn't thrive. No, Uh the dog didn't (laughs) thrive. No. <laughs> Thank you for using your deductive reason. <laughs> anyway, although disturbing finding the dead dog, mm. and what what was what I read was that he was actually joking around with friends before, saying, be careful with the dead bodies because they were going to break ground on this place. Hi, chico. <laughs> although disturbing, even more so was the fact that under the remains of the obviously deceased animal was a partially charred human head, pelvis, two thigh bones, and an arm. The remains, which were scattered, I read, like a 25-foot radius or something like that, indicating there was animal activity. Mm -hmm. The remains were immediately sent for analysis, Mm -hmm. and about a week later, confirmed to be that of Dorothy Scott. It seemed the killer buried her body, and then this bitch put the remains of a dead dog on top of it to mask the scent of human remains. And this was seen as a deliberate act intended to throw off any searches mm-hmm. that they were having. So mm-hmm. if they had like dogs searching, the dogs are not going to alert to another dead dog because mm-hmm. they're meant to alert for like human remains. And if somebody were to smell something, they would say, oh, there's this dead dog here. Jacob and Vera passed away in 1994 and 2002 respectively, with Jacob passing on Dorothy's birthday. They both passed, never getting the answer to who killed their daughter. Mm -hmm. And to this day, the identity of the caller, the professed killer, the kidnapper, and or actual murderer has never been solved. This is so upsetting. What the fuck is wrong with you? I found it interesting. When reading up on this case, I truly wondered at the state of Dorothy's remains. And who who stayed with Sean? Well, the parents until they died. Remember, they didn't die until uh, 1994 to 2002. He would have been an adult. He would have been an mm-hmm. adult. But he also had a father, right? Yeah, but the father was out of the city. Anyway, when reading up on this case, I truly wondered at the state of Dorothy's remains when they were found. Because to me, that would have given an indication as to whether or not she was kept alive mm. by the caller all these years while they were calling and taunting. Or if they were just fucking with the Scots and Dorothy had been dead from since the mm-hmm. beginning. And so I, I really went to search to find that information. Because I was like, these poor people, this fucker was calling and saying, I have her, I killed her, who Dorothy home. Like, you know, really mind games, yeah. fucking with his family. Is either he really killed her when he, call, when he called Pat Riley. If that was genuinely him, which we believe it is because mm-hmm. he had all those other details. When he called Pat Riley... He was being honest and he really had killed her already. Mm-hmm. Or he did not kill her yet. And when he called Vera, he was being honest when he was like, oh, she's alive. I have her. All of these things. 
So I went searching for that information. Mm-hmm. And what I did find was that the coroner for the area, before the remains were identified as Dorothy, speculated that somebody may have been on a walk with their dog, had some kind of accident, and then also recalled that there was a significant bushfire that raged through the area in 1982 mm. and that it was possible that the body had been there for two years. Jesus. This is what the coroner is believing. Mm-hmm. He, he, this, this is before the Dorothy, the Dorothy of it was identified because he's saying he knew there was a big fire there that could account for why it had the burns. And I remember the car was burned too. The car was burned too. You're not wrong. But that was all I could find in terms of the state of her body. That's so upsetting. And whether or not. And I find personally that the thought that she was alive for two years even more upsetting than the thought that she died straight away. Right away, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh no, when the, when the coroner said, well, the body's probably here for two years, I was like, oh shit. That means that he had her for two mm-hmm. years, you know? Maybe. Anyway, there was one name of interest thrown in the ring according to one of the sources. Now, I won't say his name because I don't know how litigious his family is, but I will use his initials, okay? The man who we will identify as MB was named as a person of interest because his sister worked at the same shop as Dorothy, you know, where she Mm -hmm. was this back-end secretary. Mm -hmm. And it it was a widely known fact that he was obsessed with her. Those were their words. Like, people who worked there were like, oh, yeah, he really always was interested in what she was doing and whatnot. There was never enough evidence to link MB to her disappearance or murder. But it was known that MB participated in cult activities. It's weird, but it's not a crime. Okay. We've already talked about how it can happen to the stupidest of us. So, I mean, <laughs> it can happen to anybody. <laughs> it can happen. Whatever you choose to believe in. We talked about it when we were doing the case with QAnon. The QAnon uh-huh, people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and we were like, look, if you want to believe something of you, if there's a gap in your understanding somewhere and somebody <laughs> comes and fills the gap with information, Go. that's it, you know? Go for it. can happen to anybody. Anyway, he was never charged with anything. He went on to be a writer and ultimately passed away in 2014 from undisclosed health issues. Mm. And he took with him any potential lead related to the case. I did read that Sean, the son, tried to talk with MB's sister, mm-hmm. probably to get a little bit more clarity about who MB was yeah. as a person and his Poor interaction Sean. with his mother. Mm-hmm. But to my knowledge, that request was never met with a reply. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy's case remains unsolved to this day. That's... Let people fucking alone, man. Like, I just... I, I I found this the most disturbing because of, one, the lengths that the person, the killer, went to the, to hide it, her body. Not only you killed And how the they fucked with the parents. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You already did what you wanted to do, bitch. Yeah, but what I don't know is if some asshole saw in the paper... So, like, you remember, he went to Pat Riley, who is the editor. The editor gets a call. Now, the call could have only come from, only came from, they believe, mm-hmm. only from the organic or authentic source, mm-hmm. right? If they went on to do another article saying, we received a call, some jackass who's bored at home was probably like, oh, I could pretend to be this bitch. Mm-hmm. Back then, everybody's number was in the directory, was mm-hmm. in the phone book. Mm-hmm. So it would have taken two seconds to find Jacob and Vera, and right? Just- um, Jacob and Vera Scott. And then calling them. The point is, though, is that, like, I, and if you ask me, I mean, nobody asks, but I'm going to say, because, you know, it's our show. (laughs) 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 If you ask me, I think the the killer killed her 
I'm hoping he killed her right long away. before. Yeah. Like, long before. They're yeah. estimating it could have been 1982 <clears throat> mm-hmm. because of that brush fire. But I'm hoping and I want to believe that he killed her from the beginning. He killed her. Some jackass Continue called on, and continued uh-huh. on torturing that family. Yeah. I want to believe that. Honestly. Hold on. This one is whatever. This is massive. Or they lost. Who lost? The police. <laughs> they lost. <laughs> I was not about to say maybe there was a Maple Leaf game and the Maple Leafs lost. Then you know they get wild downtown. Whatever. Mm. Yeah. If you still hope the Maple Leafs <laughs> are going to improve, get better, and you still get that. You just <laughs> listen, idiot. As an Ontarian, Ontarian, Torontonian, Ontarian, whatever. Um, I saw some girl said that she only exclusively dates Maple Leafs fan because they're loyal. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you know, you know. But the people who love the Maple Leafs love the... And they didn't win anything in, like, forever. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, we're saying all of that because there's a lot of noise right now. Because um, there's, there's there have been, like, Something four, must have four or five uh, police ambulance fire trucks have passed by. And we had to pause. Oh, that sexiness going somewhere. They're going to the scene of an event. A very big event. Because all of them are going. Look at the whole, whole of the police force, fire force, ambulance gone. So much to see. Anyway, just to close this <laughs> off. Just to close this far, but I'm, I think it's sad that they never figured out who this was. And the motherfucker that continued to, to turn yeah, to the Yeah, whether parents. it's the original guy Not or you. a second guy. Mm. Yeah. We, we're going to move on because if I know you're going to hear police stuff in the background, but whatever is going on is wild and we won't be able to finish this episode if we um stop to keep letting up because it's the fifth time the police have passed by. Anyway, so like, even though I know the story, I know what happens. I know who she's talking about. We already <laughs> sang this song. Yeah, I am. Um, I am excited. It's a very hear. sad story. All right, let's hear the story. Okay, Selena Quintanilla was born in April sixteenth. If I knew ah! this, <laughs> if I knew this, ah, Selena, this is why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew this, I would have done it on your birthday. Look at shit. Look at that. Okay, April sixteenth, nineteen seventy-one. Wow, in look at Lake that. I Jackson, had no idea. Texas, me neither. Oh, wow. And I'm here. I'm a fan. No, I'm not. So she was the youngest of three, the three children of Marcela Ophelia Quintanilla and Abraham Quintanilla. I'm going to say the names in Spanish. Say the names in Spanish. It sounds better this, to me. Okay, so Marcela had... She has one of those uh, backgrounds, native background. Like she the was a daughter. Like aha, uh-huh, she was the first of the second generation of native American. Aha, uh-huh. and uh, um, Abraham, it's uh, Mexican American, so he was already born in the U.S. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Abraham was a musician, mm-hmm. right? He got married. They had three kids. He no longer a musician. And they are Jehovah Witnesses. And when Selena was six years old, her father realized, okay, this one can sing. She have a gift. This one can sing. This one mm-hmm. can do something, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this one can sing. Remember, he was a musician himself, so he was, like, playing guitar, singing here, music around, and why not? But he never paid attention to what was happening until he realizes, okay, this one can sing, and she's on point. 
So he was like, okay, let's see where these take us. So he goes and take the three children. One gets the drums, which is the, the sister, Suzette. I like that name. It's very cute, Suzette. You only think so that's very close to Susanna. This bitch. I also like uh, Juliet. Do you just like Ets? Uh-huh. Name that have Ets? Uh-huh. So like Paulette? Uh-huh. Bernadette? I love Bernadette. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> And Valerie. Dying the same. That's not that's an ethnic name. That's a name I like. It's not an ethnic name. But it's a name I like. Claudette. I love it. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh-huh. And the brother, again, Abraham Jr., was playing the guitar. So he would make them play and practice and practice and practice. Sounds like an at-home even. concert. Uh-huh. But but Selena was singing. Selena is a singer. So the, the sister is a drama, always, the brother is a guitar, uh-huh. and she's the singer. She's, she's the lead. She's the singer. She is Beyonce. But she is Beyonce. Of the situation. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Abraham decided, okay, money is here. So he quit his job, opened a restaurant, and Selena and her siblings would With live entertainment. Aha. Mm. But in 1980, the restaurant closed. Sad. The family was evicted no, no. from their home and they had to file for bankruptcy. Remember the, around the 1980s, it was like the oil situation and then there was a depression and why not? There was a because depression a lot of, a lot of, in the 80s. There was a, every time there is a fucking recession, depression, pandemic, recession, depression, pandemic, <laughs> pandemic, pandemic recession. Were, I don't so. think that there were pandemics and recessions <laughs> how, um, and, and depressions, but I do agree there probably was a recession. Something, <laughs> it's some, some action happening. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and they end up moving to Corpus Christi. Still mm-hmm. in Texas, but it's smaller. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Okay. So when they moved to Corpus Christi, Abraham said, you know what? Let's gonna make this serious. We're gonna go all in into this music shit. Mm-hmm. So he formed the known Selena and Los Dinos band, and he refurbished a bus, and they started traveling around, performing everywhere. His whole point was to expose the these kids to to anywhere, mm-hmm. anywhere that they can go and sing, they will be there. Fairs restaurants whatever but they have little to no income so it got to the point that they were sleeping in the truck like in the bus and they would perform for food oh so slowly they she became more popular but within the small like restaurants uh fairs and why not but not like popular outside of texas popular mm-hmm. like uh, in and around Corpus Christi. So the more the band had get more gigs, the more school Selena will miss. Mm. So when she was in grade eight, her father decided to take them off of school. That doesn't mean that they never finished their school, but they did finish via mail, right? Oh, uh, like did the GED and mail it in. Yeah. So she finished high school mm. and she enrolled in university to study for business administration. In 1984, Selena recorded her first album. She had to learn Spanish in order to sing her genre, Tejano music. It's more like a cumbia. So she had to learn Spanish? She didn't already she didn't know, know Spanish. She didn't know Spanish. Oh, wow. 
She didn't know Spanish. She okay. knew how to sing. So she learned phonetically. Well, like, like, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that about her. I thought she knew Spanish. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So the same year, she was discovered by this founder of Tejano Music Awards. And she won the Female Vocalist of the Year Award in 1987. Mm. So she was discovered in 1984. In 1987, she won the first mm-hmm. award, if you will. And she won the same award for nine years after that. Oh, wow. So yeah. every year, she was but the one. This, she was the one. So she's like Taylor Swift. Taylor the, Swift comes uh, and wins. Uh, pop music, uh, pop music, pop music. Pop music. Okay. But nobody else is doing it. So in this case, males were doing it. Mm-hmm. They were singing this genre. Mm-hmm. And she was the only, not the only, female. but the most famous female. Mm-hmm. There were very few females. Despite her success for a while, she was not even allowed to perform in big venues. Like I said, because she was only a woman. Mm. And there was uh, like men who were like, what the fuck are you doing here? So Abraham would pitch her. They would say, yeah, yeah, bring it. And then when they see her as the lead singer and being Mm. a female and being at such a young age, they'll be like, no. Mm. Okay. By 1988, Selena had released five records. Oh, wow. In 1989, she signed a contract with Sony Latin Music Mm -hmm. and she was hoping for a crossover. She had everything against her. She was a woman singing music that was only sang by mans or like 99.99999% of the time mans and young and she didn't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. She just used to sing the songs in exactly. Spanish words. Ah, so she couldn't communicate with them yeah. by saying Spanish. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Right? She signed this contract hoping that she could go abroad. But the record company said, mm, let's hold it there. They said, you are not ready. And then they started slowly exposing her to little things here and there. To the point that Coca-Cola in Texas asked her to be the spokesperson. Hmm. Yeah. That's a big deal. She worked with Coca-Cola with two jingles. And the two jingles were composed by Chris Perry. Chris Jerez later became the guitarist in the Selena and Los Dinos okay. band. In 1991, a registered nurse and a fan named Yolanda Saldivar asked Abraham, ask is a stretch. Bitch straight up stalk uh, Selena's father. She was calling him, sending him letters and why not? Because she wanted, she was such a fan that she wanted to create a fan club. Mm. Back in the day, you used to go send this money to the fan club and then they send you merch, they send mm. you Mm-hmm. Oh, a bunch of stuff. I don't know how they do it now. Have you? Did you ever? I what? think that um, celebrities I'm... try to control all of the supply chain related to them. Mm. So, like, instead of letting a super fan create a fan club and make money off mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. of providing fan based things, mm-hmm. I think it's. I'm not saying people still don't do that. I'm yeah. saying it's more likely that the celebrity themselves has things. That a lot and the fans can get access only, to those things, uh-huh. like how Through Jennifer like, Lopez has that special thing. page mm-hmm. uh-huh. because mm-hmm. only super fans would pay for that. That's why I've not paid for it. Yeah, I think you have to pay. You'd have to pay. You have to sign up, and if you have to sign up, and if you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, I can't believe this is free," you're paying. You're paying because she's sharing your. I'm not saying she is, uh-huh. but whoever, whatever you sign up for, and you're like, "Wow, it's for free." It's not. Mm. They share your information, and that's how they make money. 
So it's not free. So um, such was her persistence that she did became the president of Selena's fan club. Fan club. And very close, like very shortly after, she became a family friend, close yes. friend. Chris Perez and Selena started dating. When Abraham found out, he fired Chris and um, told Selena, you cannot date this man. Abraham would schedule Selena left and right. He will make sure that she has something to do, somewhere to be with someone. That she couldn't be with Chris. That she couldn't be with Chris. That's how controlling it is. Of course, what happened? They continued to date until April 2nd, 1992, when they decided to elope mm -hmm. and they got married. They were trying to keep it to themselves from the beginning, but the word came out. Like, Selena's family found out that they got married through the radio. Wow, but now right? they're married, so what can he but say? But he can say anything. Because mm -hmm. now they're married. It just now they're married. So either either they go off and he loses his cash like you cow. said, the mm -hmm. source of income, or he just suck it up. Mm -hmm. What did he do? Suck it the fuck up. That's right, because he knows he's seeing fame. Fame oh, is very close. Of course, he's saying the fame is extremely close. You are so right that in May 1992, just one month after they married, Selena's album was released. It's called Entre a Mi Mundo. And this is claimed to be her breakthrough album. the one where I know this song. <laughs> <laughs> no. No? No. You know, no, that, that, that was, Dreaming of You was released after she passed. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So the recording picked a number one on the U.S. Billboard Regional Mexican Album Chart of eight consecutive months. Wow. Yes, I make sure that I said it in the So she, for eight months, she was, she was number, number one. She was number one on the Bill, U.S. Billboard Regional Mexican Album Chart. Okay. And it was the first known Tejano album by a female artist to sell over 300,000 copies. So Better this is than what, those men. Bitch. <laughs> exactly. So, Selena was very charming, and despite her not speaking Spanish fluently, she charmed most of the Spanish-speaking countries. Mm. So, Selena performed in Nuevo León, Mexico, on September 17, 1993, and it was attended by over 7,000 people. It was the biggest Tejano act in Mexico. Como La Flor helped Selena to dominate the Latin music charts. What? After a year releasing the breakthrough album, what does he do? He goes and releases a live album. A live album. The uh -huh. father. Yeah, the father. Mm -hmm. So they record the concert. It was a free concert mm -hmm. at the Memorial Coliseum in Corpus Christi on February 7, 1993. Mm -hmm. he, she didn't only sing the songs of the Breakthrough album. They picked songs from all other records that she had. Uh-huh. So the, they never the, got recognized. It's like a best, best hits <laughs> kind of thing. And it boomed. 
It blew up. Okay. It blew up. Not only the latest record, but the old ones too. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he promoted the whole thing. Like he picked up the right time to promote the whole shit. This live album was on the top five of the US Billboard Top Latin Songs <laughs> chart. And Selena won okay. the Grammy Award for Woo! Best Mexican American Album at the 36 Grammy Awards. Oh, geez. Again. She got married and everything started happening. Boom, 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 boom. So Chris was good luck. Chris was good luck. Mm-hmm. Suck it, bitch. The bitch here is the father. Mm. Mm-hmm. In 1994, Selena started designing and manufacturing her line of clothing. She opened two boutiques mm-hmm. and she called it Selena ETC, etc. Mm-hmm. I love that. One in Corpus Christi and the other one in San Antonio. Her whole idea was that you could go buy her clothes and have a full functioning beauty salon. So you can get your hair done, your nail done, and you can it's get... It's like a one-stop shop. Uh, so you get clothes, yes, but you yes. also get your everything but it, it was a then. genius, Chanel, because mm-hmm. she had the counters for the hairdressers. Mm-hmm. She's like, you, can, you don't even have to move. Like, imagine you're going on your chair. As you're looking in front, you see the clothes. Behind, it looks like a table. So if you want to put your stuff, mm-hmm. you put your stuff in there. But if you're getting your hair done, the top of the table come up, your chair will recline, and then your head, it's on the thing to wash your hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is a good idea. It is such a good idea. So by the end of 1994, Selena had two boutiques. She has done two fashion shows. She has won a Grammy. She had two boom album back to back. Just winning, 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 winning. winning. On December 3rd, 1994, Selena started negotiating opening two more stores. One of them being in Mexico, Monterrey. Mm -hmm. And the other one, Puerto Rico. Her now close, close friend. Yolanda Saldivar. The family Managed, yes. Mm-hmm. Managed the open boutiques and the fan club. She was the head controller, manager, to look over all her business. Her boutiques by this time reportedly earned over $5 million. Wow. That's really good for the time. In the 90s. She was ranked, listen to this, among the 20th wealthiest Hispanic musician grows the higher income in 1993 and 1994. Yeah, I think that kind of money back then in the 90s, that's money. That's, that's real like money. Like now, like a celebrity making five minutes, like, eh, they that's didn't make concert. any money. She rich. She rich and everybody knows it and Yolanda's managing all her shit. In March 1994, Selena re- released her album Amor Prohibido. Mm-hmm. And it became the second Tejano album to reach year-end sales of over 500,000 copies. The album was nominated for the Grammys for the Best Mexican-American Album at the 37 Grammys Award. And in 1995, won Breaker of the Year for the Tejano Music Award. So she didn't win the Grammys, but she won the, the Tejano, Tejano Music, Music Award. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she continued to tour and they finally said, okay, you ready? We're going to start doing your crossover Album. So now she's going to start singing in English. Even in English. Though right. She was like a 
native English speaker. Um, she yeah, hasn't put out any albums. To, in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She wasn't allowed to do Yeah, but that. also I think what the but issue, now, what they want is that now that she's built up a fan base in the Spanish people, yes. they're like, okay, let's, let's go to this. the English people and see if we could get them on. When they said, okay, you're ready, she performed her live concert. Remember that concert that she made? She performed it again. Where they had all the, the million H- people. They had mm-hmm. at the Houston Astrodome, February 1995. And then... Everybody and their mother went. Every freaking body. And then she officially began to record those songs in, in English. English. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Before all this happening in December 1994, the boutique staff was reduced significantly. Apparently, Yolanda had a tendency to fire those employees she did not like. Oh my goodness, Yolanda. Yolanda was controlling and possessive. And anybody and everybody that got, could get close to Selena, she would move aside. I got to the point that anything related to the boutiques was discussed among Selena and Yolanda and not Selena, Yolanda and her family. Mm. Now I can see Selena being like, you bitches have controlled me all this time. Now I need to rely on another person. Yeah, but she was, was also she, controlling her. Yeah, but she came from a controlling pattern just to mm. change who controlled her. Mm-hmm. Right? And she probably thought that Yolanda had her back. Like, okay, I can turn my eye off the prize. Uh, Yeah, let me just uh, let uh, Rolanda handle it. It will be handled to my liking because Rolanda is my fan. My friend. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, not fan. Friend. Fan. Mm -hmm. So because Rolanda loves me so much, she would only seek out my best interest. So I don't have to worry that it's about her. No. It's about me. It's about her. Because she loves me. They were Mm -hmm. close. To the point that when Selena's family said, careful with this bitch, you know, Jolanda could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's what it was. Jolanda mm-hmm. could do nothing Because wrong. she trusted her. It wasn't until January 1995 when Selena's fashion designer, Martin Gomez, and family members and her more close clients, mm-hmm. all of them, they said, listen, what the hell is happening? Now, at this time, she gave in and she allows her father to look further. And then her father started investigating. Now, he started receiving calls from fans. Fans complaining about they've been sending money, but they're not receiving their merchandise. Ah, they're mm-hmm. being, you know. So Abraham discovered that Yolanda Salivar had taken over $30,000 via forced checks from the fan club and the boutiques mm-hmm. when he discovered that he gathered the proof and then that's the famous meeting they had selena's sister suzette selena abraham and jolan and they had that famous meeting on march 9 1995 when confronted she said that it was not true and that she will provide proof that everybody was getting their stuff yes and she was not forging yes. any checks because at this point she was controlling Every single cent that was coming through doors and the stores. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The lawyers advise the family stay on the good side because she's still controlling a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what else she has agreed to, and you need to keep her 
in, so you can get your control back, and not, then you could phase it, her out. Exactly, yeah, because yeah, yeah. if 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 she gets fired, she could take not the money now, with her. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the liability, it's on the you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, "Fire this bitch." Selena prevent them from doing that. Mm. She because was she still was friends her by now. Friend, mm-hmm. her friend. Uh, I don't know if you recall in the movie, everybody pitching to give her a gift, that famous egg ring. It actually existed. It did happen. And Selena has like a lot of picture with the ring because she loved the ring. That's how much mm-hmm. this woman meant to, to her. her. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But Yolanda real stink. Yolanda's a cunt. So they said, okay, you're not going to get fired. But Abraham said, bitch, bring me the proof because I'm calling the police. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call the police on you. Don't worry, I'm going to go and I'm going to gather all the information. Days pass, and it's now March 31st, 1990. Yolanda calls Selena and says that she was sexually harassed in Mexico. What the fuck was she doing in Mexico? I don't know. But she was sexually harassed in Mexico and that she was bleeding. But now they're in Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. She's in Corpus Christi, Selena Corpus Christi. She was in Mexico, came back to, mm-hmm. got abused, came back to Cor- Corpus Christi, was bleeding. Instead of calling that woman, who'd you call? Selena. Selena. So Selena's like, let me come. Let You're me my come. Let me come. Selena, come. Bring her ass to the hotel that she was staying. Take the motherfucking cunt to the hospital. The doctors at the hospital is like, I cannot perform anything. The doctor suggests that Yolanda needed a rape exam. But it needed to be made in San Antonio because... She was a resident of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. They were currently in Corpus Christi and the assault happened in, in Mexico. Mexico. Selena said, okay, let's go back, bitch. I'm going to take you back to your hotel. You can get your thing. Because you're going to give me my papers. Mm-hmm. At this point, Selena is fed up and is saying, bitch, I need my papers. I need bank statements mm-hmm. and, and all these documents that I can prove that I'm not the one stealing money from these mm-hmm. people. She's not even saying, I don't care for you, whatever. But I just need my proof to defend myself mm-hmm. and my family. Right. So she's not saying to company. Yolanda, like... I'm going to um, call the police. Yeah, she's I'm not saying any of them things. Well, she's like, just give, me, uh-huh. just give me the stuff I need to defend give myself. Me, uh, I'm going to take you, we get that, and I take you to San yes. Antonio. Okay. So they go back to her room. In her room, Yolanda reaches for the purse and wipe out a gun. Mm-hmm. When you take the gun... Selena starts running towards the door and she gets shot on the right shoulder. It entered through the right shoulder and it came out. Okay, so it's through and through. Mm, from the back to, to the, the front. front. But it hit a neck artery. When something hit an artery, it's like instant blood loss. So it's not like it's not like I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna press. No, it's like shit goes down fast. Selena reacts to it. And she opens the door and runs. She runs through and she makes she makes it to the lobby. In the lobby, she collapses. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look, lose conscience and she's able to say the room number and the full name. And those were Selena's last words. The 911 was called right away. The hotel employees were trying to help her. And they said they saw Selena's eye rolled back. And she wouldn't talk anymore. They tried to compress. Police was there very fast. Mm -hmm. Also was the ambulance. And she was taken to the Corpus Christi Memorial Hospital at 12 o'clock. When she was there, her pupils were fixed and dilated. And she was taken from trauma to, to surgery right away. When the doctor began this surgery, they discovered severe, severe internal bleeding. During the surgery, Selena Hart stopped 
they were able to make it work again, but after 50 minutes of surgery, she was pronounced dead from blood loss and cardiac arrest. Mm. She was pronounced dead at 1.05 p.m. If you're asking about this other cunt, Yolanda. Yolanda cunt. Yolanda cunt <laughs> was <laughs> running towards Selena. She saw that she went into the lobby mm -hmm. and then she made her way into her car. As she's trying to pull the out the car, the police stopped her. Mm -hmm. Like that's how fast mm -hmm. the police got there, the ambulance got there and everybody reacted. Mm -hmm. But you know, and they didn't know it was Selena because, mm -hmm. because they didn't know, right? So it took the police nine fucking hours to get this bitch. I'll be like, shut yourself, bitch. Out of the like, car? Out of the Nine car. hours? Nine hours negotiating with this bitch. During these nine hours, this bitch is like, it was an accident. I didn't even want to shut her. But she went and confessed that she did shut her. All the interviews with her, and it's just like, like I was telling her to go. I was telling her to go. She keep on saying, mom. Mom, because she called me mother. Is that true? If anything, Selena was the closest to her mom. Like, she was trying to portray that Selena wasn't close to her family. She was only close to her. Oh, but you're saying Selena was close to her, her mom. Uh -huh. mm. Yeah. Her mom is not in interviews. She's not giving out interviews. Oh, she, of course, that woman is devastated. Her daughter dead. Another sad part of this it was that because the media knew about this right away, they performed an autopsy the same day to confirm what was the cause of that. That was very rush. You're just realizing your kid was taken from you and then they're now going into pieces to realize what the fuck is happening. You know what I mean? It's just like too fast. So Yolanda, she was in the car like having a standoff with the police. Yes. She's like, no, I'm going to kill myself. I'll be like, with the yeah, same gun? The same fucking gun. Mm. The same gun. I asked myself, bitch, bitch, do you didn't have to go pee? Did you pee yourself? Oh yeah, it was nine hours. Nine fucking hours. She must hours. have peed. Nine she probably peed hours. herself. And this is Corpus Christi. Hot as fuck. In the heat. Uh huh. Yeah. That's like you're making some good points. Did you see? Nine. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> you're surprised. <laughs> you know, I'm just like I didn't even think about they it. They had to pee. Didn't get more water. She probably peed on herself. Then they give you water. You can go a while can, without water. I you, think, not you person. You like a regular person. You, Susanna, can't go a while without water. Yeah. During her trauma situation and all that shit, she did say, I shot her. While she was in this. But it was off. an accident. It was an accident. So, and to this day, that bitch has not changed the story. The only thing that changed if she gets more interviews, Selena and her are more close. Uh, closer. On April 12, 1995, when she was killed, she was two weeks to turn 24. Yes, because her birthday was in mm -hmm. April. Mm -hmm. April 16. That's right. As we learned. To be specific. So the George W. Butch, mm -hmm. a, a governor mm -hmm. at the time, he declared... April 16th, a Selena Day on the state. Ah, look at that. My birthday is Selena Day. I like Your it. Your birthday is Selena Day in Texas. In October 1995, Jolanda was um, convicted of first degree murder and she was sentenced to life in prison without parole. How she, come in Texas bitch, they didn't give a death penalty? I'm not saying she should get that or not. I'm just saying I thought Texas was a death she penalty get state. The, the, that penalty. Though typically when people kill people in Texas, they have the death penalty. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm just confused. I don't know. 
I don't know. The first few years, she was either in a, in a maximum security or in solitary because everybody wanted to come for her. Hmm. And I think she showed her face. She, if she gets parole, she gets killed. Yeah, this is so. This is when if when you she, told me you were mm-hmm. doing this case today when we got here. Mm-hmm. When I knew that, I told you. I was like, I thought I saw somewhere where she got released, but no, no, it no, wasn't she's that been she was trying released. to appeal she was for the up longest for parole. time. Yeah. I remember seeing a meme where like they were like, "This is every Latin person if Yolanda gets released." You know, like Listen, and they were like a mob. Machetes are a thing. This is so wild. I, one of the things that I wonder, because I didn't put two and two together of the dates, mm-hmm. the Selena movie came out in 1997, two years after her death. I was like, that's awfully close. Fast. Yeah. Like, too fast. Like, lifetime movie fast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When Abraham was questioned, he got upset because people started speculating all the shit, all the things that they could possibly say. Like maybe about, he was a part of it. Or uh-huh. Whatever. That she was pregnant, that she was on drugs, that Yolanda, because Yolanda is also making up shit. Being in isolation, being still obsessed with Selena, she's making up stories in her head. Like, all she has is time. Yeah. She has nothing else to do yeah, but yeah, think but up ways exactly. to, to it's, think Exactly. This. So Abraham said, I'm going to stop this right here. By the time the movie came out, I read five documentaries stating different facts about... Mm about selena's death selena's life and mm-hmm. anything so he said i wanted to control the narrative that's fair of this story that's fair that i think that is fair mm-hmm. but i think it was a double agenda no 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 i'm not saying that he didn't make money off of it but i'm saying he's right like yeah. the person who should control the narrative the people who were closest to her yeah. what happened to chris did he ever get remarried? He remarried. You know? He remarried. Oh, he yeah, he mm-hmm. remarried. But he's still like imagine, imagine you knowing that you're the wife. Oh, you're the you're second the wife, wife to Selena. And it is, this is not a thing. This is not a thing that you can like hate the bitch because mm-hmm. she did. You know, it's been twenty six years, mm-hmm. but it's like every year on her anniversary, he gets dragged in some shape or form mm-hmm. into interviews and stuff. And or somebody brings father. it up. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, 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 exactly. So he, yes, he continued music and whatnot. The brother. I mean, we're making a speculation too. Produced. Within their house, they might have a nice little prayer shrine to Selena. Mm. Like she may not be bitter about it. It's not his fault that his first wife died. It's not his fault that she exactly. was famous. Exactly. And they may not be bitter about it. Like if, if I was the second wife in this scenario i would take the time you to celebrate the person who yeah exactly you, you know so you can't be like mm-hmm. oh let's not talk about this bitch or why do i always have to but hear about her you can't be that person i'm just saying instead of assuming she's salty no no, perhaps, no i'm not like my point it takes a big person to yes. follow that yeah 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 agreed but i'm saying you maybe know? i want to believe like in my head the story is so sad that i would like to believe that he moved on because he's a victim of this crime too his yeah. wife is dead and the- that he Parents, moved on yeah. with a person who understood that he's a victim of a violent crime mm-hmm. and that maybe she gives him the space to grieve Selena instead of it being like a, I can't live up. The other thing, and this is disturbingly sad, is that the father talks about her as if she's alive. Oh, like she's in present tense? Yeah. Like, oh, oh he said it. Like, to me, she's still alive. And that's sad. That is sad. For so many years... But again, for me, to me, Susanna, he's putting up a show. I mean, we don't know. Well, like uh, that's what I'm saying. That's my opinion. Yeah, and that, like, for those of you that don't know, this part of that movie 
was Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. No, Jennifer Lopez Affleck. Jennifer, Jennifer Affleck. Affleck. Mm-hmm. Listen, she's like, let them she's fucking said, yes. They have such different personalities. Like this guy is very simple. Like he's very yeah. She's all fancy. Uh, she's she's a hundred percent, and he's like sweater. He's like Converse, sweatshirt, short. Converse, yeah. Pants, yeah, like a, a uh-huh. coffee in his hand. Yeah, exactly. She's like Christian Dior bag, the trendiest new bag, the heels. Done, but that makeup, doesn't matter. Done. They don't have to be the but same the, person. But I feel that when he, when I see them. Like a public crowd, like a fashion yeah, show. Yeah. It's not his crowd. It's not his so crowd. So don't drag his ass, bitch. No. Just learn. Let him be whatever the fucking one. And then at night you go and fuck him. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like if I've, I see what you mean. Like he's this close to rolling his eye in public. Like I don't yeah. be here. That is true. But what I will say is that I'm I'm such a fan of this whole reunion of theirs where I'm, they're like I'm still wary. No, no, no. I like it because I'm like y'all knew y'all should have just gone through with marrying each other from back in the but day. But they were they were too immature. Things got in the way. But yeah. my thing is is that like I if if they've gotten whatever broke them up, if they've gotten past it, and if they're at the point where they're like, okay, I can accept that you want to be fancy. I don't want to be fancy if she's you not trying you, to make uh-huh. him be fancy and he's not trying to make her into like a bum then okay and maybe I think that's what we're seeing which is we see the pictures where she's fancy he's in a sweatshirt they're holding I love hands it. exactly but I do agree with you like when they go to fancy events he's like ugh but at the same time, he's a fucking celebrity. Going to fancy events is part of the jam. Mm-hmm. So he's probably want to roll the eyes at any event, whether she went with him or not. Yeah. And we can't assume that she dragged him there. It may have been that they were both invited and he's just not happy to be, to be there. Regardless. Yes. Regardless. Yeah, I still worry. I was so heartbroken when I found out that... She and Mark Anthony? Broke up. Mark Anthony, Mark that's Anthony. the one? Because they have that song together, Chanel. And it was like, I need this dude to get married. I was so fucking happy. Like, I'm very... Sh- like, I never I'm thought not Mark in- Anthony was hot enough for Jennifer Lopez. And he I'm saying is that with my hot. whole chest. He is not hot. Let they, the we, Spanish we come for me. Nobody's hiding <laughs> the fact that this guy only dates young women. He's extremely possessive. Mm-hmm. And he's ugly as fuck. <laughs> it's okay. It's no one. I don't no go as far as saying that he was no, ugly, ugly. But I don't he think ugly. he is good he enough ugly. for Jennifer Lopez. No, no, no. This is not our business, he, but the it, point the point is though. What about I? Is is it Arod she dated? That's who she dated. Yeah. yeah, the one who cheated. He's dumb. All of them are cheating. Mark no, Anthony cheated. No, no, no. Forget. I don't even know how he cheated on Jennifer Lopez because he is not hot enough for her. But Arod was hot, and I thought mm-hmm. they were a cute couple, right? So I'm like, okay, you hot, you hot, nice together, mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You, why would you? This is this is proof. That men do not cheat based upon attraction. It is all opportunity. It is only opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot explain to me how Jennifer fucking Lopez could have a whole man. And that man get his head turned by this girl. I'm not saying she ugly, but she not Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. You know, she's not ugly. The girl is pretty, but she's not Jennifer. Like, so there's nobody who could convince me ever again. That cheating is, a, is an act of attraction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not an act it's of attraction. attraction. It's an act of opportunity. But uh, look, look at me. Look at me. I'm looking. Fireman <laughs> comes. 
rescue me. Am I going to cheat on my husband with this fireman? No. Am I looking? Am I going to look at him? Yes. Nobody's saying not. To, that's not yes. a crime. That's not exactly. A crime. That's so not I am attracted to this uniform. I mean, yes, the man. But you in are in the uniform. Yes, but this um, is that's this, this is you. Up, but am I going to come out of my no, marriage? I understand, but lots of people. I shouldn't say men because I know there's some women who people, cheat just yeah. out of just out of opportunity as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm going to say predominantly from my experience because I'm on the other side of the coin mm. they're cheating based upon opportunity and it's just that it's just I just like the thought that I was able to get away with this I had access to you I can do this mm-hmm. this is this is what I wanted and I got it look at the uh, Adam Adam Levine who dated a Victoria's Secret Victoria model Victoria fucking secret model like you cannot and like girl, how high do you wait, wanna go but the girl who he was chatted with wasn't even close to being as cute as his wife not even close not, not even only close. that not only that like the woman is dropping the third kid that you have put in and then had the audacity her. to try to name She's the baby after like, the side she- chick <laughs> No, it's so wrong in so many ways. Like, you guys are stupid. Like, it's like the whole blood. It's only used to get the penis straight. I'm but, saying is that historically, but, when you look at celebrities, you find out that their partner cheated. The person who they cheated with is like, why? It was your random. It was maybe your, your personal assistant, your secretary, the but nanny. It's an Exactly. And boost. it's all because they had the opportunity. Cheating is in my head no longer an act of attraction. It just not like it's gone from it has my brain. It's never been. No, but I always thought it was like when somebody would cheat on somebody else, like, oh, that person's so hot. I have to get with them. I don't want to miss my opportunity to be with them because they're that hot. Wow. You know? Being this or comes, Ryan knows. Vin Diesel is your person? Yeah. Close second, uh, The Rock. But he's so nice. You have a type, obviously, bald, bald, bald. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Do, you, do you clean your house with Mr. Clean as well? Mm. You do? No. <laughs> no, I have still have microphone from the pandemic. <laughs> buff, bald man. Yes. Tall, buff, bald yes. man. Yes. Okay. The one that can pick me up as if I'm a feather. <laughs> <laughs> Take us away. You and your one to your man to pick us up. But that was, oh, yeah. a, good, that was a good story. Cheaters, Thank you for the Cheaters story. be cheaters. And now cheaters this. Cheaters, tall, buff, bald man are Su- uh, Susanna's type. Okay, let's wrap this up. We know nothing, so please go to the sources linked on our Instagram at Criminally Clueless or on our website at criminallyclueless.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those ratings. Hey, remember, we might be clueless. But that's not a crime. Go and watch the movie. The movie. Selena. Oh, yeah, yeah, I might go back and watch it. It's on Netflix. Is it? Yeah, I might go back and watch it.